Welcome to the Bucket Plan On Demand, a podcast for financial advisors based on the best-selling book and process that simplifies financial planning. Hear from skilled industry professionals and special guests each episode that will help perfect your approach with clients and your results. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bucket Plan On Demand. I'm your host, Dave Allison. In today's episode, we have a great guest, a master communicator, Matt Abrahams. Matt is kind of an expert on all things communication, and I got hooked on his podcast, which we'll talk about a little bit in this episode. It's called Think Faster, Talk Smarter. I love the title of the podcast, and uh, I've been binging it. I think I've done like 20 episodes in the last four or five days and just so much great content out of it. So I highly, highly recommend if you haven't checked out that podcast yet, go grab it. Of course, Matt also has a book speaking up without freaking out. I haven't got a chance to read that one yet, but it's definitely on my list now that I've gotten so much value out of the podcast. But Matt, thanks for joining me today. Dave, super excited to be here with you. Glad you're taking value from the podcast. Yeah, it is awesome. And I love, you know, just how digestible it is. It seems like, you know, some episodes are as little as five or seven minutes on just some great key pointers. Of course, others, you dive deep into topics with different experts, 20, 25 minutes. But, you know, every time I listen to an episode, I just have a little light bulb that goes off of something that I know I could have done better in a meeting or a presentation. And so, you know, so much of my time, I focus on the the data side of the financial work that we do, taxes and investments and financial planning. But, you know, your podcast was such a huge reminder that if we can't effectively communicate this stuff, then we're out of business. Absolutely. You know, it all boils down to communication. Communication is how we connect. It's how we build trust. I think it's how we lead. It's critical to what we do. Absolutely. So Matt, share a little bit about your background. You are uh, a lecturer at at the Graduate School of Business, right, at Stanford. Did I get that correct? That is correct. That's correct. So currently, I, I teach at Stanford's Graduate School of Business. I teach strategic communication. I've done that for over 13 years. In addition, I host the podcast Think Fast, Talk Smart. I write books and I coach. So I, I do a lot of things, but they all central around my passion, which is communication and helping people be more effective and efficient in their communication. That's fantastic. What what kind of got you into this area? What was your passion behind helping people become a more effective communicator? Well, I've always been fascinated by communication. When I was just a young kid, I remember being fascinated by it. I'll tell you a quick story. My mother got really frustrated with my brother and me one weekend. I was probably eight. He was probably six or so. And she wanted us to have a garage sale. And I grew up in a neighborhood where there were always garage sales. And my mother said, we're going to put up our sign, but we have to spell it wrong. So she insisted that my brother and me insert a B in the word garage, which gives you garbage. So while everybody else in the neighborhood was having garage sales, we were having a garbage sale. We sold more stuff than anybody that weekend. My mother, to this day, still believes it's because our sign stood out. I think people thought we were stupid and would get a better deal. But at that early age, I learned the impact of communication on how we can influence people and make an impact on the world. And since that day, I've been fascinated by it. I went to graduate school, studied it. When I was in the corporate world, I worked in, in industry for a decade. I saw how people who had the best and brightest ideas might not have those ideas acted upon because they couldn't communicate effectively. So it's something that really drives me. I'm passionate about teaching, passionate about communication. I am very fortunate to have found the job that I have. 
Now, how long have you been doing it at Stanford? So I've been teaching at the business school for 13 years, and I've been teaching in a program that's open to anyone around the world called the Continuing Studies Program at Stanford. I've been doing that for two decades. So I, I'm, I'm a lifer in terms of that. Yeah, that's great. Well, fantastic area. That's where I think I mentioned my office is in Palo Alto. So I'm, I'm yes. out there quite frequently, probably four or five times a year, beautiful area. Absolutely. Next time you're nearby, we'll, have, we'll get a coffee on campus. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's kind of dive into it. So, you know, a big part of our mission at C2P and something that we really focus on with our advisors is simplifying financial planning. I mean, financial planning, retirement, investments, taxes, estate planning, it can be quite complex. And, and you know, we're quite guilty of using a lot of jargon and industry language. And so I'm really looking forward to helping you give us some pointers in how we can become better communicators and hopefully do a better job at educating and consulting our clients. Because as we all know, a confused mind takes no action. And uh, sometimes we do a good job at confusing our our clients and prospects. But I want to just kind of start off before we dive into like the meeting structure itself and some tips and tricks there, but uh, just kind of the whole focus on the importance of being relatable. How how would you kind of talk about that or share some insight into the importance of just being relatable as it starts to transcend into how we can become more successful financial advisors? Sure thing. And, you know, the, the word communication, the origin of the word communication is to make common. And it is through that making common, through that connection that really makes a difference. And that's how we build trust. It's how we build authentic communication. It's how we build future interactions. So how we communicate with clients, with customers, with with significant others, friends, anybody is really important. And it boils down to a few things. First, we really have to be in service of the audience. We have to see what we bring to them. So it's about relevance. So whenever we communicate, we have to put ourselves in the audience's perspective. The biggest mistake people make in their communication is they start from the wrong place. They start from saying, what do I want to say? Rather than what does my audience need to hear? So as you meet with clients or prospects, think about what's their situation. Well, how do you learn that? You ask questions. Maybe you send out a survey in advance. You talk to others who know them. Maybe you do some cyber stalking and check them out on LinkedIn or their companies. But you need to find out what is likely relevant to them and then tailor your messages to it. That's the single most important step in communication is listening and understanding what's relevant to your audience. Now, the other point you brought up, which is really important, is often when there's complexity, especially around financial offerings and data, you need to make that information accessible. Not everybody has your background or experience. And those who build trust, those who are liked more, are those who can communicate information so that others can appreciate it. Now, notice I use the word accessible. I did not say dumb it down or simplify. We have to find ways to make information that's complex accessible without making it too oversimplified. So how do you do that? Well, use analogies, comparisons, compare it to something people know, deconstruct it so it becomes in in smaller chunks, diagram it or chart it out. There are lots of tools you can use to make information more accessible. The only antidote to the curse of knowledge, which is what all of you have in the financial services, is empathy. And so it gets back to that relevance piece. So it all comes back to knowing your audience 
and making your content accessible. Yeah, I love that. that that's fantastic. And again, I agree completely in the accessibility. And, and I think that's a big challenge of a lot of advisors. And certainly, I think we've seen a big shift in, you know, more and more advisors are using things like whiteboards or images to try mm -hmm. to, you know, make some of that more accessible versus just kind of speaking about concepts or or sharing stories. And so how would you kind of bring in as we're on that topic, like the impact of using visuals to help connect versus just doing everything, you know, through verbal communication? So that's a great question. Our brains, humans are primarily visual species. So our brains are wired to see things, either physical things like slides or charts or images that we create in people's minds. So we can do things verbally. We can say, imagine what it would be like to be sitting on your favorite beach because you saved for retirement in the right way, right? So we, if we can paint those pictures in people's minds or show them information that's relevant, that's really important. For my latest book, I have a new book out, Think Faster, Talk Smarter. I interviewed several neuroscientists and we talked a lot about the brain and how it responds to story and information. And they all told me that there are different systems in our brain, essentially a verbal system, numeric system, a visual system. And the more systems you spin up that are covering congruent information, the better. Our verbal system, words that we speak and read, that's only one system. If I can help paint pictures or show you images that are congruent with what I'm saying, all of a sudden I have multiple systems focusing on the same thing. We remember it more, we pay more attention to it. So yes, using appropriate visuals are important. Now I use that word appropriate. Just putting a whole bunch of information on a slide is not useful. We are putting too much pressure on the verbal processing. If you can put an image, a chart, numbers, graph, picture, that spins up the visual system. So just itemizing bullet points is not going to help you. But using something like icons, a chart, an image, that could be very helpful. Nice. I love it. And again, such a big area of our focus with the bucket plan is simple visuals, the three simple buckets, a now bucket, a soon bucket, and a later bucket, something that people can visualize. You know, everybody needs some money in the, the short term. Everybody yeah. should have kind of that soon bucket. And then the long term is, you know, for, of course, building retirement savings down the road. And so, so many visuals that we've continued to try to help package for our advisors. So I want to kind of take a step earlier into the process and talk about something you mentioned earlier of, you know, really being relatable and, and focusing on making the connection. Any kind of best practices, of course, I think in the financial services industry, they always teach us about, you know, you got to make small talk, you got to make small talk, you got to build bond and rapport and make the connection. Any kind of specifics from, from observations you've had in terms of, you know, building the connection, being relatable, things that advisors could take away? Absolutely. Yes. So connecting with people is really important. And the best advice I have is be curious. When it comes to making small talk, you want to be interested, not interesting. I learned this quote from a colleague of mine, Rachel Greenwald, who, who taught me be interested, not interesting, which means you have to ask questions. You have to listen well. You have to use phrases that get people to talk more. My mother-in-law has a black belt in small talk. And her magic phrase was, tell me more. So when somebody responds, pause for a second, give them space to tell you more. Now, clearly, you need to be in, interested and vested in the conversation. If you're simply doing this as a ploy or tactic, 
that can be sensed. You have to be genuinely interested, but being curious, asking questions, highlighting things that are relevant to the people you're talking to, that's how you build rapport. And you want to establish that warmth and connection before you dive in too quickly. When you jump in too quickly, it feels awkward and maybe even inappropriate. So we have to manage the pace and the connection. I love that. And and one of our business partners, John Del Greco, he's, he's turning 70 next week, and he is one of the best communicators I've ever met in my entire life. And he's been a personal mentor to me. But the one phrase that always stands out that I'll always remember John by is he would say, until you see their eyes hugging you, don't move forward. And really talking about building that deep connection with somebody and not jumping into your products or your investments or your process until you see their eyes hugging you. I love that notion. I'm going to steal that because it, it's very visual. I, I'm going to share something with you. I, I've got to find the guy's name who said this. There's a, a professor, I think at NYU, who, who he teaches music. And he was talking about a jazz teacher he had. And the jazz teacher told him, you have to listen until you sweat. And I love that. Listen till you sweat, until you see them hugging you with their eyes. These are great visuals. Notice they are visual to help you understand something, which gets back to the previous point we made. Fantastic. I love that. Until you sweat. I am definitely visualizing that right now. So, right. and, you know, again, I think in this kind of whole conversation of of deep listening to reinforce, and again, going back to John, who uh, again, I feel like is one of the masters of this. And a lot of our advisors listening to the podcast know this. He, he would always say, don't ask the question if you don't want to hear the answer. Because to your point, yeah. so many people use this as a gimmick of, oh, I need to make small talk. But I think we all know when it's not genuine. Absolutely. We can sense it. We can sense it. Yeah, you want to really connect for sure. So, so I want to ask you a question. You know, a lot of our advisors, they do kind of bigger mass marketing. Maybe they'll do educational workshops on topics like taxes in retirement or how to optimize one's social security as they approach retirement or generating retirement income, whatever these topics might be. Of course, from there, they get people that might be interested in learning about their services we typically schedule about a 20 to 30 minute introductory phone call as a way to just, you know, do a little bit of matchmaking and see if it's a fit before that client will invest an hour to an hour and a half in a meeting with the advisor to start doing more of a discovery. And so as you think about kind of those three different areas of how, you know, communication is critical, one in giving a bigger presentation. Number two is maybe a one-on-one -on -one phone call setting. And then number three is a very kind of personal, intimate discovery session where the client is sharing their goals, their objectives, their current finances. You know, Is there anything that you can think of that stands out as like one or two best practices or areas that an advisor might be able to, you know, really improve upon as you kind of think about the, the distinctness of those three phases of a process? So let me share a few things uh, that come to mind. So first is connection. We really have to connect. And, and the different tools and the different sizes of audiences and spaces, you have to do it a little differently. But we do need to focus on connection. So that could be asking a question, listening, and you demonstrate listening by paraphrasing, summarizing what you've heard in your own words, asking follow-up questions, 
commenting on something or extending what somebody has said. So if somebody says, you know, one of the things I really want to do when I retire is be able to travel, you could say, you know, that's a goal I share in traveling, or I know others who have benefited from that travel. So extending that conversation, those are ways to connect. So connecting is really important. Similarly, being very concise and clear. As we are more virtual, as we are more rushed, depending on the time of, of our meetings, we have to be more concise. And the way to be concise is, again, to really think about what's most important to the person I'm speaking to and build your communication around that relevance. And second, what's really important is also to think about structure. How do you package your information? Most people just itemize in lists. Our brains are not set up for itemized lists. Rather, they're designed for structure, beginning, middle, and an end. So I want to teach a structure right now that's really helpful that I think all of the folks that listen in could benefit from. It's three questions. What? So what? Now what? So when you're introducing a new offering or when you're introducing a particular service, talk about what it is, why it's important to the person you're talking to, and what's next. And what's next might be what questions do you have? Or let me show you this. Or let's run the numbers. Whatever that is. What, so what, now what is a clear way to package it up, makes you concise, builds in relevance, and it can foster that connection I was talking about. So really, really important to use that kind of structure to help. And there are many other structures. That happens to be one that I think would work really well for all of your listeners. I love that. I mean, I'm working on two presentations right now and kind of tax policy and updates and things financial yeah. advisors need to know. And that is going to be my filter when I look at the slides now is, you know, what, so what, now what? I think yep. that's 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 just a great takeaway. Thank you. I think and it's very useful. I use it all the time. In fact, I've answered many of your questions leveraging that structure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess that's the difference of think fast and talk smart, right? You, you This is all pre-programmed in your mind already to be well, that's thinking right. in that's that right. way. You know, that, that, that's the... That that's the counterintuitive notion in all of this is you can actually prepare to be spontaneous. And you do that just like you do in a sport. If you've ever played a sport, you train, right? And then you're in the game, which happens spontaneously. You can actually do pre-work to help. So here's how you and all of your listeners can get better at the what, so what, now what structure. I want them to listen to your podcast, listen to my podcast, and pause it at some point and just ask yourself, what was that just about? Why is it important? And how can I use it? Not only will they get more value out of your show or my show, but what they will do is they're training their brain to see the world as what, so what, now what, so that they can do it more readily. You have to drill, you have to train so you can be spontaneous. I love it. I want to kind of touch on two quick things. One of them I pulled from one of the pod, uh, podcast episodes that you did on reputation. And, and this was a big takeaway for me. And I went back to the other advisors that I have at Allison Wealth Management because a lot of times they will bring me in for a client meeting if it's somebody who's got more of a complex situation or an ultra high net worth family. And I love uh, that. I think one of your, your guest speakers on the podcast was just sharing the importance of kind of setting up the reputation. I think they they gave the analogy, which was so true that like, if a friend of mine tells me to go see a speaker because they said that speaker was phenomenal, I'm already like, I'm already going to have some kind of preconceived notion that that's a really good speaker. And so any kind of observations there on, as a lot of our advisors work in teams, maybe they could help even before the communication starts, kind of tee up 
whoever they're bringing in. Absolutely. So that's a that's a really fun episode you're talking to. I interviewed my colleague at Stanford's Business School. Her name is Allison Kluger. She's fantastic. She teaches a whole class on reputation management. And there's work, I mean, there's a lot of work we can do to position ourselves in our own reputation. And I love her definition, by the way, of reputation. It is the echo that precedes you into the room. I just love, again, visual, yeah. right? I mean, although this one's auditory, but it's visual, <laughs> this notion of something preceding you. And you can do that by being amplified or set up by your colleagues. But let me give you a very tactical example of this. I think one of the most underutilized expectation management tools is the meeting invite, the calendar invite. We just slap a name and a URL in it and throw it out. You can do a lot of expectation setting in your meeting invites, what you call the meeting, how you set things up. So, you know, if I were having you, Dave, in one of my meetings where I'm meeting with a client, I might say, give the meeting a title, you're like wealth management 101 or wealth management for your success. So it's something people now are interested in rather than meeting. And then I'd say, uh, super excited to introduce you to Dave. Dave is an, a, a super experienced at what he does. He's going to share lots of information. So all of a sudden, I'm building you up in the meeting invite. Before you ever get in there, people already have expectations about the value you're going to provide. You you have a leg up. You have a halo around you when you start. So yes, absolutely. Lots of work we can do. We can use tools like meeting invites, word of mouth to set ourselves up. Well, and I love that. And I think it parlays right into that concept of the fit call, right? Because some of our offices have a team member that's dedicated to doing these, we call them fit calls, but they're really an introductory call. It's for us yeah. to learn about your priorities, for us to share a little bit about our firm, to see if it's a fit for us to invest another hour, hour and a half together. And I think having the person that's doing those calls do some of that reputational work, and then I am as guilty as anybody of sending a meeting invite that just says, Allison Wealth and the Smith family meeting, right? But it doesn't really give a lot of context. So I love that as another takeaway. Yeah, perfect. And it helps and you'll see the difference. So I want to kind of just wrap up today's episode. And this has just been kind of fantastic with the whole ability to really have spontaneity into your conversation. Again, the whole kind of topic of your podcast and what you focus on is think fast, talk smart. A lot of times when we're engaging with clients, they are throwing information at us, asking questions. There's a lot going on in the economy and in the stock market and a lot of kind of risks out there. So is there any kind of observations or pointers that you could give a financial advisor as they're looking to potentially you know, slow it down, be able to talk smarter, be able to communicate better in helping their clients answer these questions or navigate these headwinds. Yeah, so I, there are lots of things I can say. First, you know, slowing down is a good thing. We all rush so fast. We put meetings back to back. We, we think we can just figure it out because we know it. We all suffer from the curse of knowledge. The only antidote to the curse of knowledge is empathy. And so we really need to slow down, think about the other's perspective. We need to ask questions. We need to confirm that we heard the answers to those questions. A lot of things are going to change in the world with generative AI like ChatGPT and BARD. We need to keep apprised of what those things are and remind ourselves that the one thing that differentiates us from AI is connection. And so taking the time to make those connections, 
to follow up. I think meeting follow-ups are so important. Just a quick thank you, or I'm following up and doing the research. I promised I'll get back to you. Those are the connecting points. Those are the things that really uh, allow us to feel heard and trusted. I agree. I mean, I, we've started in our business following up after every meeting with a little bomb bomb video, which is uh -huh. an interactive video that just says, hey, it was so great spending some time. I appreciate your candor and sharing all that great information. We're working on this stuff behind the scenes, but can't wait till the next meeting. And I think the more we can implement little touches like that, the better we're going to be. And so Matt, this was fantastic. Again, just for everybody, the, the podcast is Think Faster, Talk Smarter. It's available on every podcast player out there, right? Amazon, Spotify is where I'm listening to it. Any Pretty accessible, right, Matt? Absolutely. So in fact, the, the podcast is Think Fast, Talk Smart. The new book is Think Faster, Talk Smarter. I'm very, you know, I'm trying to stay on brand. Located everywhere you can go. You can find everything about me, mattabrahams.com. You should be set with that. Thank you for this opportunity. I really hope that people can take some of the things we talked about today and put them into practice. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Look forward to maybe getting a cup of coffee with you next time I'm out in the Bay Area. And Absolutely. if there's anything any advisors need, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you so much for your time, Matt. Thank you. All the best. Thanks for tuning in to the Bucket Plan On Demand, brought to you by C2P, an organization whose purpose is to educate, train, grow, and support holistic financial advisors so families can achieve true prosperity. Subscribe today for the latest episodes and insights. Visit C2PEnterprises.com to learn how we can help support and enhance your advisory business.